It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show. Thank you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are. Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now, that's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Friday, my bucket of Modelo's on Friday. Hope you stay cool. We'll talk about that here and my Reggie Jackson exclusive interview the second hour of the show. Little summer programming. We're taking a tiny break away from the Raiders all-time team. Uh, We pounded that for the last week and a half. Thanks to everybody who's joined in. We appreciate that. We'll come back on Monday with the safeties, cornerbacks, and then the kickers and punters. And then we'll get to fullbacks, running backs, uh, wide receivers, and the quarterback. And that'll get us to training camp as training camp is right around the corner on the flagship of the Silver and Black. We're brought to you by PTs. They have the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m., 64 locations in the Valley. If you're looking for a place to cool off, you want to eat, you want to play video poker, you want to watch sports, they're proud partners of the Stanley Cup champions. Our Vegas Golden Knights head to PTs as they fuel the monologue. And there's a lot to get to today. So busy show, busy week. Proud of the fact that we gave you sports talk this week and we didn't run from the dead zone. The dead zone is this time when there's nothing going on. Yesterday was the slowest day in sports. I did two podcasts in this radio show and had no problem with it. Same with your job, right? When someone says it's quiet around here, you don't not work hard, right? You go to work, you do your job. Doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday, a Thursday, summer, winter, snowstorm, or heat dome. In regards to the heat dome, I've been here a long time, not as long as many people that are here. I recall this just once or twice. My wife and I walked over the Hacienda Bridge with long pants on for the Garth Brooks concert. That was 117. That was the hottest day ever on record as we walked into Garth Brooks. And I remember going to the torch to see my bartender friend, and I think I put down a tall boy of Modelo in one sip. It was the hottest day ever. And they say we can get hotter than that. One day I hope God doesn't wake up and say we're going to make it 225 because 117 feels like 200. And as we say, and we mean this in all seriousness, protect your neighbors, protect the elderly, protect the pets, protect the homeless. Uh, Go out of your way and do something. You know, if you get a chance, have extra water in your car. Have a cooler in your car. If you get to a stoplight or a corner and there's someone homeless coming up to your car, it'd be great to grab an ice-cold water and give it to them. This time of year, you'll feel better about yourself. It's just something to do, and I, I do that, and I want to share it with you. If you can do that, I did it today. It wasn't ice-cold, but I gave a right here when I get off at the 215, right at Flamingo, the top of Flamingo. There's the same gentleman there every day, and uh, gave him a water today. And he appreciated it. So we open up the show today. There's not a lot of news happening other than Josh Jacobs and the clock ticking on him getting a long-term contract or not. Vic Tafer, who 
is a insider on our show. We love having Vic on. His content with Deshaun Reed is very good. Uh, he posted seven hours ago, why negotiations between Raiders, Josh Jacobs are expected to go down to the wire. Vic writes, that all comes down to what happens this weekend and Monday. Jacobs received the non-exclusive franchise tag designation from the team after leading the league in rushing last season, but he is reasonably looking for a long-term contract rather than, rather than play on a one-year tag for $10.1 million. The deadline, the deadline for the franchise tag players to sign the multi-year contract is Monday at 1 p.m. So Monday at 1 p.m. coming up here, once the deadline passes, Jacobs is prohibited from signing a long-term deal until the end of the regular season on January 7th, 2024. Same goes for Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram of the Jaguars. So everybody tunes in to get my opinion. I want to hear yours. I thought he'd get a long-term deal, but a short-term long-term deal. Short, not not a four or five year deal. No one's getting a long term deal at running back. Nobody. No one's getting a long term deal the way that we're accustomed to guys playing nine years or Tony Dorsett or going back to the heyday of guys who were locked up and they played for a franchise for 10 years. Franco Harris, whoever it is, Emmett Smith, the best example, the great Walter Payton with the Chicago Bears, whoever you like. It's over now, unfortunately for the running back. Very unfortunate. The running back has a shorter shelf life, and maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. Are they tackling harder than they tackled? I don't know. Ray Nitschke tackled pretty hard. I haven't seen anybody tackle harder than Lawrence Taylor in my life. It's not like everybody's getting better and the tackling's getting hard. The issue is teams have a different philosophy. A, they're passing more. It's a pass-happy league. You can thank Drew Brees for that. You know, you throw it 60 times a game. Well, every time you throw it, over 35 to 40 times a game is one less run for a running back. So you don't have to be a mathematician or know the stock market, but if you're not using the player as much as you used to use the player, you're not going to pay a premium for it. Also the fact that it is proven that uh, running backs break down earlier, earlier, and GMs and coaches believe that they could get young guns, young kids coming out of college, and they could play and they can run them into the ground in three or four years and then get another young kid out of college. That's the business model. That's, that's not my fault. If every GM is doing that in the league from Bill Belichick to all the other ones in this league, it's no one's fault. That's where the market is today. But Josh Jacobs is interesting to me because they didn't use him a lot at Alabama. He, they didn't run him into the ground. And it was a great draft pick by the Raiders. And the former regime deserves credit for Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby cornerstones of this organization. Enough so that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniel seem to want to keep them around for obvious reasons. But how do they get paid now? So if you're running your business and it's a pizza store, you're selling groceries, you're selling any type of service, right? you're installing windows, whatever it is, you're going to do the best thing for your business. Not the best thing for the guy you like in the corner cubicle because you like him. You're going to run your business properly. And the way the NFL is running their businesses now is simply this. Shorter, guaranteed contracts, franchise tags, and trying to win with young quarterbacks who haven't broke the bank yet, i.e. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Go down the list. When you've got a young quarterback who's under control of a rookie salary cap, then you could load up around and take a Super Bowl run. The problem is 
It used to be when I grew up as a kid, the young quarterback couldn't win. You have to have the veteran quarterback. Joe Montana, veteran. Phil Simms with the Giants, veterans. Did John Elway ever win? No, not till he was a veteran. Right now, you want to just hit gold with these young quarterbacks in the first four or five years and try to win around him. Mahomes, the best example we have. And now Mahomes is a quarterback more valuable than a running back, and he gets paid. They're, they're the priority. The Raiders seem to put a priority now on wide receiver. They paid an enormous amount of money to Devontae Adams and gave up a first and second round pick. I thought it was a great move. I really did. Devontae is a great player. He's up golfing with Derek Carr now at the American Century in Tahoe. He's representing the Raiders. But how much money is available under the Raiders cap? I have no idea. I mean, I have the cap numbers here that printed out. But what do you want to do with Josh Jacobs? And that will be the topic on this show and especially the Raiders all-time team on how to handle Josh Jacobs coming in. And how will Josh handle this? I think he'll handle it like a pro. I mean, you're not going to make $10 bucks unless you play. So and I don't know anybody who's going to leave $10 million. Remember that knucklehead Le'Veon Bell a couple of years ago who sat out? How'd that work out? Destroyed his career. It became irrelevant because he let the contract get in the way. I've said this a million times, but probably a thousand. I don't get in front of a player's money. I don't. I don't want to be put in that position. I don't have to be put in that position. I can give you my opinion on the player. I get them on the radio after they sign. I congratulate them. But I am not writing the checks. Mark Davis is with Dave Ziegler. They write the checks, and they get a chance to see where this organization needs to go. So as Vic wrote about this, and it was really good, with the deadline coming up here, and once it passes, you know, Josh, if he doesn't get a long-term deal, and what do I mean by a long-term deal? It could be a two-, three-year deal. It's not a five-year deal for a running back. Can they find a way to negotiate that? I think they're trying to. Jacobs and the Raiders, according to Vic Taper and The Athletic, have discussed numbers, and the expectation is that negotiations will come down to the wire Monday. Barkley has hinted that he might hold out this season and refund a report, uh, refute a report, excuse me, that he turned down an offer for two years, $26 million, but Jacobs has kept quiet. So that's not a long-term deal for Barkley, two years, $26 million. You're getting $10 million on the tag, so take that times two, add a little bit more. It seems about right. You know, the question is, I don't think anybody wants to spend $30 million. Deshaun Reed tweeted, Josh Jacobs said he hasn't talked with the team about contract negotiations but expects them to start next week. I asked him if he would have an issue with being franchise tagged if they can't come to a multi-year agreement. His response, quote, hero turned villain. So I don't know what, how much drama is going to be around this team, what's going to happen. I've been with the Raiders a long time, and I've seen guys hold out. I've seen it from Jamarcus Russell that it didn't work out. I've seen other players hold out. Eventually, the money wins. Uh, neither side is commenting on the negotiations. There's no question that Jacobs has earned more security, more than $10.1 million. I would agree with that. I think he's worth more than a one-year tag on that. And if he has a catastrophic injury, that would be his last check. But... You know, if he gets more money than that, it's going to have to fit under the Raider philosophy going forward. That's the hook to the monologue. What is the philosophy of Josh McDaniel's offense now going forward in year two? Last year, I was pleasantly shocked. I raised my hand and I told you, I had no idea that Josh Jacobs would be that good. No idea. Thank God for Josh Jacobs last year. For this show, the pre- and post-game show, he was outstanding. He was fantastic. 
And that gave us a peek of what this offense could be. And the Patriots don't have 1,600-yard rushers, and they win Super Bowls. The Raiders have a 1,600-yard rusher. I'd like to see one or two more years of that, maybe 1,500 or 1,400, because Zamir White's going to get more touches, the young kids. Jimmy Garoppolo might throw more on third and short than hand it off. I don't know how the game plan is going to be put together. But I know that Josh McDaniels, who is an offensive genius, no debate. You might not like him. You might not like the offense of last year. No debate. He is a certified offensive genius first ballot. He's got a leading rusher. He's got Devontae. He's got his guy, Jacoby Myers. And Hunter Renfro's still here. And they got Michael Mayer and Jimmy Garoppolo, who looks good to go, but I'm not a trainer or a doctor. And if those guys break the huddle at Denver and at Buffalo and against the Steelers on the home opener, I am more than confident that that offense could be one of the best offenses in football, top five or six in the league. Now, am I, am I going to sit here and take phone calls every day? Well, Jimmy's going to eventually get hurt. Jimmy's going to, oh, Jimmy's going to get hurt. Oh, Jim, Jimmy's going to, Jimmy can't finish the year. Jimmy's going to get hurt. I have to deal with that to the point of nausea. So, pass the physical. Let's see him pass the physical. Let's see him show up for training camp, getting first team reps. If he passes the physical or he doesn't play a lot in the beginning of training camp, no problem. Just want to know he's on the team, which I'm assuming he's going to be. Josh Jacobs, if he's going to hold out to the regular season, sign the tag, do whatever, I don't know. No one knows. Nobody knows. Okay? I want to repeat that. Nobody. So when you have guys putting out clickbait, clickbait podcast, clickbait, what's going to happen, this and that, they don't know nothing. They know zero. They know less than zero. So we're, I'm hoping that Garoppolo's healthy and Josh plays. I know Devontae's going to play. I know Jacoby Myers is going to play. If Hunter doesn't get traded, I know he's going to have a really big year, and I'm assuming this Michael Mayer kid's going to be a stud. And then there's three other wide receivers. Tucker comes in, who could be the next kind of he wants, I'm not saying he's going to be, but he looks a lot like the Henry Ruggs player, who was a very good player, or a mini Tyreek Hill. And they drafted him to use him. Okay, they drafted him to get him on the field, double reverses, do all that, you know, fly routes to take the double team away from Devontae. And then there's going to be a fight for two or three wide receivers in training camp and in the preseason, which is always entertaining. I don't put a lot of time into that. I don't care who your sixth wide receiver is. It normally doesn't cross my radar. Unless that guy plays special teams, he's taking back punts and kicks, and he turns out to be a valuable player. So for Josh Jacobs, we're going to let this simmer. You know, you have a stove here on the show. A little light simmer. It's on about three. I light it first. It's at nine. Lower it to three. It's simmering. Josh Jacobs simmering there. And on the front burner, also simmering is Jimmy Garoppolo. Just simmering. And we'll see what happens here in like two weeks. Why the hell do you think I came up with this all-time team? What do you want me to talk about? Josh Jacobs' money for the next 10 days? No. I'm waiting to see what happens just like you. And uh, he really impressed me last year. And I believe that if... If I personally believe if the head coach, Josh McDaniels, wants to run the ball heavy, he can do that with Josh Jacobs and win. If he wants to run the ball not as much as he did last year with Josh and open up the passing game more, please, 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 please open up this passing game to the point where all these players can take advantage of their skill set. 
And then the defense, again, I got to see the defense as they're building this defense with a couple of new players who are going to start, which is obviously imperative, but I don't know how good Spillane's going to be. I know Epps is going to be good, better than what the Raiders have here. Uh, My big concern in the offseason is the growth and development of Trayvon Merrick and Nate Hobbs. If we were at the point where I'd like to be at now, we wouldn't have to talk about Hobbs. He'd be starting in the slot or on the outside, locked in as one of the premier young corners in the league. We can't get there yet. And Trayvon Merrick would have developed right now into a talked-about safety around the league, and he is not. So we, we have some openings at cornerback, and it's safety and new talent that's coming in. But I need someone to pop. I need someone to play at a very high level here on the defense, someone to surprise us, depending on the status of Tyree Wilson, who should be ready to go and Max Crosby, and then Chandler Jones. I don't know of a more motivated guy on the team than Chandler Jones. I don't. Uh, Chandler Jones has got to come into this league this year. Week one, he has to be great at Denver. He has to be great at Denver. Chandler Jones. You know who played great at Denver throughout their career? Did you hear my bleeping list a week ago? John Matuzak, Otis Sistrunk. You want me to continue to go? Lyle Alzado. They all played great. Howie Long. They all played great at Denver. I need Chandler Jones, to, week one at Denver, week two at Buffalo, to get back to the old Chandler Jones. If he does that, then that should motivate him in the offseason, losing a little weight, being a little bit faster, legs activating earlier in the year. How are the Raiders' trainers and coaching staff going to have Chandler Jones ready for mile high in that thin air? In sports and swimming, or in boxing, it's called tapering. So you push hard, 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 and then you taper down, and then you get ready to peak at the right time. I think the peaking of Chandler Jones early to get back to somewhat of the Chandler Jones he used to be is going to be critical for this organization this year to get off the field on third down in Denver in Buffalo. Get off the field. It's third and six. Knock a ball down. Knock a ball down. Put your hands up. Knock a ball down. Get off the field and give the ball to Jimmy G. And then pound the ball with Josh Jacobs. The next thing you know, Sean Payton's going. The Raiders have a six-minute drive going. Six minutes. And then, boom, Garoppolo. Quick head fake one way, fake pump. Boom, Michael Mayer catches it with no one on him. That's what has to happen with this team. It has to be like that. Precision. The way Garoppolo at his peak did it with the 49ers when they were unguardable. Unguardable with Kittle. Gusek, a great fullback. A Mosert running back, Debo Samuels, Emmanuel Sanders, whoever they had, you couldn't double them. And none of those guys I mentioned are as good as Devontae Adams. None of them. So that, to me, is the formula. How's that? But it needs to start with Josh Jacobs. And what's going to happen with his contract? And again, you want to call in on this topic every day for the rest of the summer? I'll take your phone call on it. But again, I'm, uh, you're not going to pit me, Josh Jacobs, against the organization on the exact amount of money there. He's going to get a two- or three-year extension. He's either going to get that, sign something short-term with a nice bump that he deserves, or they're going to have him play on the franchise tag and set this team up for the future by because they need more players. They need more players. So that's where we stand on that. 702-365-9200. i got a pretty good interview coming up, I hope. It's a guy who's very, really important here with spike ball. You see the sport they're playing now in Vegas? Slam ball, excuse me, where they're dribbling like basketball. There's a trampoline over in the painted area, and you slam dunk, and you're allowed to hit like football. It's really cool. My youngest son went and said, Dad, when are we going again? 
It was fantastic. So we're going to get into Slam Ball coming up here in a few minutes, help sell some tickets and raise awareness on that. Uh, Reggie Jackson, next hour, we'll talk to Mr. October for the full hour. It's 45 minutes. We'll carve it up and have fun listening to that. And then that's it. Other than that, the weekend is here. I think most of us wish we weren't here. (laughs) We were at the beach, Newport Beach, San Diego, on the lake, wherever you're going to be. But we're going to bake like potatoes together if we're going to be here. And we're going to make the best of it here. And again, as I opened up the show, I said, protect your neighbors, help your others, check in on the elderly, make sure, you know, someone's air conditioning could go out, something could happen. And uh, 105 currently, Bobby, on the way to 112, is that right? And then we could have that 117-degree day, which is why you don't have training camp this week. You know, you move it back a little bit, but still going to be really hot over there in Henderson. So light up the phones. This is not a podcast. This is a live radio show. We talk to Raider fans every day. Uh, No one talks to Raider fans in L.A. every day. No one talks to Raider fans in Oakland. You're not even allowed to. Program director would fire you if you're in Oakland. If I did this many minutes in Oakland today on the Raiders, i get fired. Someone come in and go, hey, JT. And it was fun. If you get a chance, I did a podcast, a video podcast with Damon Bruce last night. And it got a lot of hits and a lot of feedback there. And it was like the history of KMBR, KMBR 1050, my time up there, um, the shrapnel I had to take on the air when the Raiders were thinking about moving to Vegas, what happened to Damon. It was, I thought it was a really good podcast at, at Damon Bruce. I tweeted it out at JT the Brick if you're looking just to have a podcast on in the background. Isn't that what podcasts are for? Crime dramas? They caught the serial killer in Long Island today who lived five miles from where I grew up, the Gilgo Beach. Gilgo Beach is a beach not too far from me next to Jones Beach. There was a serial killer who was killing a bunch of women in the 80s, and they found him today. He was an architect, architect in New York City. Fascinating. I've been watching it all day on a text with all my friends because they finally caught this guy, allegedly, and brought him to justice today or bringing him in as they found a piece of his discarded pizza for DNA, they've been tracking this guy for a while. Uh, that's all I've been doing. I had no show prep today. I just watched that because it's from my hometown, Massapequa. Massapequa, we got now the Gilgo, the Gilgo Beach guy. We have Jerry Seinfeld. We have the Stray Cats. We have the Baldwin brothers and Joey Buttafuoco. All from my hometown of Massapequa, Long Island. Yeah, put me on that list in the 18s to 20s. Good to be there. All right, let's hear from you the rest of the way. We'll talk about Slam Ball, Reggie Jackson, and the phone topic today would be Josh Jacobs with the deadline coming on Monday. By the time I hit the air on Monday, we're going to know what's going to happen with him. So that's a really big storyline, right? Because this is Friday. I'm not on the radio Saturday, Sunday. By the time I come back in studio on Monday, the Josh Jacobs story, Saquon Barkley, It's going to be national news, and uh, we'll be able to talk about it. But on Monday, we're going to move to the safeties or cornerbacks. Uh, Bobby is putting that together over the weekend, and we'll find out what's going to happen there. Hardcore Raider, let me get you up here as we wrap up the monologue. What's happening? Hey, JT. You know, I hate to say this, but if the Raiders don't sign Josh Jacobs, it's the biggest miss since Cleo Mack. You know, there's been a lot of takes out there, and a lot of them, in my opinion, aren't very fair, accurate, uh, let alone even truthful. You know, he he can catch the ball. So, like people saying he's not a catching, you know, uh, receiving back, that's completely false. He had 400 yards receiving last year, okay? Mm -hmm. But the most important thing to me is, if you look at it, if he's a Raider, he only needs like 1,200 yards, and he'll be second on the all-time rushing list. Mm -hmm. If we could sign him to a three-year contract, he could surpass Marcus Allen. He could be... 
literally the greatest running back Raiders have ever had if he stays healthy. And I think he can help us win a championship. Well, who's saying who's saying and, he and can't? What's what's the what am I missing? Who's well, saying that he shouldn't be signed? Here's the thing: we went in the free agency having the third most cap space in the NFL, and we paid over forty million dollars to the wide receiver room. It wasn't an anomaly that we needed to pay Jacobs, and we needed to set enough money aside to sign a super stud who's a homegrown Oakland Raider, and that needs to stand for something in this organization. And we got him from the Cleo Mack trade. If he ends up not holding out and not being a Raider, I, I can't tell you the disappointment, not just for me, but all of Raider Nation, that Raiders and the Raider organization once again missed on keeping our super studs and helping us that can help us win a championship. Okay, fair enough. That's a good phone call. I don't have a problem with that at all. You know, this is a business, and that's a fan. That's a fan. I'm a fan. I'm just a fan behind the microphone. I think I know a little bit about business, but I want to hear from fans on Josh Jacobs, and they're running a business over there. They need they need currently four or five more defensive players that could cost anywhere from 30 to $50 million because of the mistakes that were made all across the board in the last couple of years on the defensive side of the ball. So they got to spend some money there. They have an asset in the franchise tag, an asset that could be used kind of like playing poker or playing whatever board game you're playing. If you have an asset and you break it out because you think it's going to help your team, that would be the franchise tag. And that's a responsible move by an organization, but it's never, never what the player wants. The player never wants the franchise tag. The player wants more money, and we understand that. And Josh is a player that deserves more. He's going to make a lot more, hopefully, than $10 million his entire career, but there's risk-reward. So I want the best for Josh Jacobs like everybody else does. We'll see how the business model plays out. We're going to know a lot on Monday. Hey, if you never played Slam Ball, you probably haven't, but if you watched it, it's incredible. And it's in Vegas. I'll tell you about it next. And then our exclusive interview with Reggie Jackson at the top of next hour. The pieces we get get around and all of that, like like I tell people, man, like it's one thing to, to be okay taking less money and stuff like that if you win it, but if you lose it, they gotta come out to come correct. <laughs> that's just that's just what it is for real. Josh Jacobs, uh, turn it up, Sammy Hagar. I'm going to see uh, Sammy tomorrow. Jason Bonham on drums. Michael Anthony, looking forward to that. So turn it up and let's get excited and let's talk slam ball. With Mason Gordon, I've been looking forward to this interview. Mason, thanks for coming on. I've been watching videos of Slam Ball all morning. What an incredible sport that needs more name recognition and notoriety. How could we help? JT, how great is this? We're here in Vegas, Las Vegas. Are you missing the Raiders? Are you missing the Golden Knights? I know I am. Well, Slam Ball has got you covered. We're the perfect combination of basketball, football, hockey, and video games all wrapped up into one incredible sports package. You've been seeing it on social media for years, and now we're live on ESPN starting next Friday. We'll be at Cox Pavilion for four weeks. It's going to be a blast, JT. Thanks for having me on. Oh, 100%. I think it's great. My son went once, and he came back, and he hasn't stopped talking about it because of the physicality of this. So the checking, the hitting, it's not, hey, you take the ball out, you go down, you, you do an acrobatic somersault dunk. No, this physicality where your ass can be thrown to the ground. Well, you know when you watch basketball and James Harden dribbles 
for 15 seconds before shooting a fadeaway three-pointer. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the opposite of slam ball. Our athletes come from about half basketball programs, half football programs. These guys were college standouts. They were overseas professionals, and now they're excelling in what I think is the UFC of team sports, which is slam ball. Trampolines are built right into the game floor and propel action up to 18 feet off the surface. So you're talking about high-flying action. We're unapologetically high-flying and unapologetically hard-hitting. Uh, Mason Gordon is our guest. Yeah, you need to be. I think the fact that this game is played above the rim and there is physicality. Tell me about the birth of the sport and how it came about and the origins of the sport and where it is today. I Honestly, when I look back at it, I can hardly believe it. This sport started in a warehouse in Los Angeles on a court made out of spare parts. And we managed to recruit local athletes that came from both basketball and football backgrounds. And the real trick, the hardest part of this whole thing, was getting basketball and football players to play the same sport together. Because the football players would pancake the basketball players, and the basketball players would just want to fight. So we couldn't get through 60 seconds of the game without separating fights every few minutes. So when we finally got the buy-in and finally started making it work, it was absolute magic from there. And I love slam ball. I love the highlights that it generates. I love the electricity. But maybe the most incredible thing is that nobody ever thought there was any uh, space between basketball and football. Mm -hmm. And slam ball occupies that mind space with sports consumers. Well, Mason Gordon is our guest as we're promoting slam ball coming to Vegas. So historically or now, is there a Kobe Bryant, a Tom Brady, a LeBron James of this sport or developing a younger player that you're saying, oh my God, this could be the force of the sport for years to come? There definitely are some incredible standout players that we think are going to blossom and become stars right in front of Las Vegas eyeballs here uh, at Cox Pavilion starting next Friday. And uh, maybe chief among them is uh, our first overall draft pick, Bryce Morange, who played at FAMU. And this guy is six foot five, 235 pounds, and he flies in the air like LeBron, and he hits like a linebacker. So if you've never, if you've never envisioned that before, Come and check it out. Uh, what's the defensive game plan? You know, I'm on the Raider flagship. I've got great offensive players, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. Uh, the defense needs to be upgraded. In a sport that's high-flying like this, and the coaching, what are the coaches' philosophies on? Is it run it up and just don't stop and wear other teams out, or are there ways in a half-court type setting to move the ball around? Tell us about that for slam ball. JT, that's what you're going to love. There are eight separate teams that all have – completely different offenses. Different teams are trying to do different things, and they value different ways to score at different levels. So I think that variety is really going to lend itself to slam ball, uh, slam ball success here. I think the excitement level of the coaches, we've got the real Coach Carter, uh, the guy yeah. that the movie was based on, coaching the Rumble. He's been coaching that team for 21 years, and he's still doing it. It's, it's unbelievable. And then what you really have in slam ball that's so exciting, because we like to say the defense is as spectacular as the offense, is a dedicated defender, almost like a hockey goalie who can trail the play up the floor, but his primary job is to get up high and protect the rim. So mm. 
you never have uncontested shots at the rim. It's almost always spectacular. Mason Gordon, what a great time to talk about this as we're in this lull in sports, and this is coming in like a hurricane as we're talking about <laughs> slam ball. One of the other things as I was getting ready to talk to you today, I was watching all these videos on YouTube and some other videos here, is how could you not love this sport once you watch it, and when you if you never heard of it, I get it. If you didn't heard of it a lot, you, know, you say I remember. What's the difference between handball and the Olympics or slam ball? I get it. More and more push needs to be made for television and people like myself talking about it. But once you once you tune in, I would assume you have a fan for life because of how acrobatic it is and how fast paced it is. Yeah, slam ball pushes a button in the hearts and minds of fans. And it never really gets unpressed. And that's what's so exciting about this, JT. During Summer League, we've had all these NBA luminaries come through our training camp to witness it firsthand. And the number one thing I hear is that, man, I thought I knew what slam ball was. But when I saw it live, my entire worldview changed on it. So if you have any opportunity to get to Cox Pavilion and see slam ball live over our run, July 21st to August 17th, it mm. will absolutely knock your socks off. You've never seen anything like it. Mason, how'd you get to deal with ESPN? I like talking the business side of sports here. To have a partner like this get it on television as fans are clamoring for summer entertainment, how'd that deal come about? What's amazing is that a couple years ago, people started posting 20-year-old slam ball highlights on the internet with the hashtag Bring Back Slam Ball. And we weren't doing it. It was ESPN's Instagram. It was Overtime Elite. It was Barstool Sports. It was Jason Tatum. Mm. And the, what was so amazing is that the, the videos that were tagged on those uh, with that hashtag racked up over half a billion views. So we've found very, very eager all-star group of investors to get behind Slam Ball. And I'll tell you what I didn't expect, because I was like, hey, man, some people like Slam Ball. Somebody's going to give this thing a shot, right? But I didn't expect that we would go out to the broadcast community and we would get offers from every single sports channel and we were able to pick our partner. And when I look at the, looked at the landscape and I looked at the opportunities, Slam Ball's back, baby, and it's on mm. ESPN is a conversation ender with respect to, is this a real sport? Right. Is this just entertainment? All that's in our rearview mirror right now, and we can focus on building an absolute juggernaut of a sport that, as you said, operates in that sports desert. We expect to be the demographic hit of the summer. We're mm. here to put on the most unbelievable sports event that Vegas has seen in quite a while. All right, tell everybody how they can get tickets, how we can help you promote this coming up here, because it's close to home, and a lot of people in Vegas need to go and check this out, and I think they'll come back again. How do we do this? Thanks, JT. UNLVtickets.com. Mm. We are right there at the top of their page. You can, uh, you can get tickets. This is an amazing family-friendly event. Uh, the, the action is over the top. If your kids like video games, mm -hmm. if you and the fellas are in town for a bachelor party or want to get the guys together for a great night out, there is no better opportunity than Slam Ball. Uh, coming up here very, very quickly. Thanks, Mason. I look forward to coming out. Really appreciate it. Fun, fun conversation, and I'm buying into this. Great job. Thank you. Love it. Thank you, JT. You got it. Mason Gordon for Slam Ball. So, again, this is unbelievable if you look at the videos. The videos are insane. A guy comes down dribbling a basketball. Someone tries to hip check him. He jumps on a trampoline and slams it.
and then they come back, and it, it played with really good athletes. So, again, go check it out. Some summertime radio, some summertime programming, and it's right here in Vegas. So coming off summer league into slam ball, it gives something for the kids to do, man. I don't know. My kids are older now, 22 and 20, but they'll go to this. And on top of that, kids need things to do in the heat. They need cheap things to do. So take the kids, take kids in the neighborhood, and go check it out. Wife and I went last night and saw Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. Very good entertainment. Let me just mention this before we come back. Tom Cruise now is undisputed, undisputed, the biggest movie star in the world and potentially will go down in history as the number one movie star of our lifetime because of the dramatic performances that he's had. Should have had an Academy Award by now in multiple roles. Born on the 4th of July, Ron Kovac, also from my hometown of Massapequa, uh, a few good men. You think of all the great movies that Tom Cruise was in, the serious movies. Now the action movies, Top Gun, Alone in Mission Impossible, put him at a much bigger level than Stallone and Schwarzenegger in their primes. In their primes. So I'm at the movie last night, and it's two hours and 40 minutes, and he's doing the stunts. But he's not doing the cheesy stunts. He's doing the, the stunts. The motorcycle scene off the cliff to get that parachute on the plane was the most impressive stunt I've ever seen in my lifetime, and Cruz did it. Cruz did it. It wasn't a stunt guy. Cruz did it. You got to see this movie. Really a fun movie last night, the latest in Mission Impossible. All right, before we get to Reggie Jackson at the top of the hour, I got about 15 minutes to take your calls on Josh Jacobs. I just spoke to Q, who's coming up next, and our program director here, and I said, yeah, starting to heat up with Josh Jacobs. And we had a nice conversation in the hallway about what's a new short-term deal. That's the phone topic. What's a short-term deal mean to you? Would you be happy if Josh Jacobs got a two-year deal for $22 million or $26 million? Whatever it's going to be. You do the math. You're the mathematicians. You tell me. What do you think is a fair deal? Once you start saying four or five years, I'm not going to hear you. That's not happening. It doesn't happen to anybody. Okay? It could be, you know, a, a short-term deal, front-loaded, with a good guarantee. If you, if you like a number on that. I mean, I know there are some fans out there that want to give him a five-year deal or a four-year deal. It's probably not going to happen, but maybe it could. Maybe it could. He's still young enough. He could be a heavy workload guy. He can, and I think he opens up the offense for a team until they prove it on defense, until they prove it on defense, is going to have to have an offensive onslaught. I mean, can we take down the curtain for a little bit and, and remind everybody this team, if Jimmy Garoppolo is good to go, which I think he will, has the capability to score 30 a game blindfolded with Josh Jacobs and Devontae. So how about scoring 30 a game? Not 17, not 21. This is a team, if the offense is clicking, could put 21 up in a quarter because they're going to have the explosive ability. They got the kicking game. They got the punter. The kicker should get you nine points a game, nine Three field goals every game. Every game, Carlson should give you nine points. And then Garoppolo is really efficient in the red zone. So the defense got to get off the field, and I think one of the reasons to keep the defense on the bench is Josh Jacobs running the ball and picking up first downs on first, second, and especially third down. We'll take your calls coming up here, 702-365-9200. And we got a great summer contest around here. It's called the Summer of Fun. And you are qualified to win, qualified to win four tickets to an Aviators game. 
And if you win, you have a shot at winning the weekly grand prize. This week is a five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. Or you can just take the 3000 in cash. As the great philosopher Randy Moss once said, straight cash homie. Take the trip or take the cash. It's the summer of fun. The eighth caller. Eighth caller. You want to do nine, Bobby? Yeah. Bobby wants to. Okay. That's my favorite number. My favorite number is nine. The ninth caller gets a chance to qualify for four tickets to the Aviators game. 702-365-9200. Do that quickly so I can take some Josh Jacobs calls after that and then get to Reggie Jackson as we continue. And I'm going to thank all of our proud partners this week as we added two new ones. And we're bringing back one of my favorite partners who we just locked up on another year deal, which I'm thrilled about it. And he's a former Raider legend. So we are rolling here. Good to have everybody here. Thanks for listening all week. Reggie Jackson at the top of the hour. One of the only things I like about Hard Knocks is the voice of God who narrates it. Live. I hope I get to meet him. But look, you know, I understand the, the appeal with us. Obviously, there's a lot of eyes on me, a lot of eyes on our team, a lot of expectations for our squad. So uh, they forced it down our throats, and we got to deal with it. Aaron Rodgers on Hard Knocks. So that is becoming official this week. I think it'll be fun. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Are you kidding me? And the Raiders play the Jets this year. So there's going to be an interesting time. Raiders play the Jets and the Giants. Uh, Aaron Rodgers really didn't want to have anything to do with this at this stage because it's too invasive. You know, hard knocks when the Raiders had it. Remember John Gruden? Knock on wood if you're with me and all that. And to have a camera inside the quarterback room, which you can't turn off, you can't go up to it and put a napkin over it or a towel over it. You have to be on television constantly. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to have that now. That's the last thing he wants. He wants to have an air of mystery. With the New York media. Now the New York media doesn't have to worry about anything. Imagine being a sports talk host covering the Jets or a national uh, radio host. You don't have, It's free content on Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to do one of two things to play into that. Some Roger Goodell sound. Uh, Roger Goodell speaking, owners' meetings, uh, what's going to happen. A couple of important topics on the streaming now that everybody's now got to go to YouTube or Amazon and the future of the NFL when it comes to streaming. The NFL and its content, because of the popularity of it, I think we've had a, a vital role in creating new content platforms and new distribution platforms. You go back and you look at broadcast television, that was a great partnership for us in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Now streaming's coming along. We'll play, an, I, I think, a, a vital role in how that continues to evolve. For us, our philosophy is we need to reach as many fans as possible. Uh, we want the ecosystem to support that. Yeah, Goodell's good at that. I don't have a problem with him. He wants expansion, especially overseas. He was asked about international expansion and what's happening on the other side of the pond. We believe that our future growth uh, and a real important opportunity for us is that international growth. So we're going to continue to invest in that. Our clubs are committed to that. We're committing our content. We're moving games. Um, when we expanded our season, there was a commitment on behalf of the entire NFL to play international games and regular season games. So I see that continuing. Where it goes as far as the franchise being located overseas or a division, those are things that we're excited about. Uh, we're not there yet, 
but we're going to continue this growth, and I believe it will continue to be, and it will be a global sport. Yeah, it's going to be. Now, the question that's most interesting to me is the Saudis, right? With all live golf and Saudi Arabia money, as they're trying to sports wash from some of the issues that they have, but they're heavily invested in F1, now boxing, soccer. They're paying Ronaldo that type of money. The commissioner was asked about that Saudi money potentially coming to the NFL. What's your perspective on that now? I know Adam Silver has come out um, saying he does not want any Saudi ownership uh, of, of teams. Um, what's, your, what's your sense of things? Well, right now, our, our, we do not have uh, any kind of public ownership of any of our teams. Uh, we uh, private investment. Uh, we haven't made the move, as other leagues have, to any kind of public investment. It's something we'll contemplate at some point in time. Um, but we really like our, our basic model now, where we have private ownership. And those owners are in the meeting room. They're part of the league, and they're part of our success. Well, he didn't say no. He didn't say no there, that's for sure. And another big topic this week, which I podcasted on, what's going on with ESPN? ESPN starting to get rid of a lot of talent. Talked to someone today that told me off the record that ESPN could be getting out of the television business just to go to streaming and back to theme parks and Disney Plus and everything that they're doing here. Here's Bob Iger. We're bullish about sports in general as a media property. Uh, there is an inevitability, by the way, you raised it, to taking ESPN and direct to consumer. Yeah. We haven't said when, but we do know that it will happen. And one more good piece of sound I want to get in here before our Reggie Jackson interview. Rory McIlroy's talking too much. He's not winning anymore. He just seems to want to be the face of the PGA, which is okay. He makes a lot of money. He makes hundreds of millions of dollars, this guy. And he's anti-Live Golf as Liv is coming back to the PGA. How did you feel about them possibly making you a team captain? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> if live golf was the last place to play golf on earth, I would retire. That's how I feel about it. So seriously, yeah, well, I'd play the majors and then, but yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty comfortable. Yeah, hear that? He'd retire instead of playing live golf. That's not going to make Phil happy, Dustin Johnson, Bubba, all the other guys, Sergio, who ended up going there for a lot of reasons. All right, Bobby, we'll get to this Reggie Jackson here at the top of the hour. I also want to thank a couple of our partners, if not all of them here, because they do such a great job for us. And, you know, we don't have a radio show unless we have partners. Said it all the time. Unless we have people that want to advertise, hear about their businesses, and we can hopefully drive some business to them, we do not have a radio show. So we want to thank, in no particular order, the Black Hole, Modelo, the DeCastaverde Law Group, PT's Golden Entertainment, Grimaldi's Pizza, Michael E. Minden, my diamond jeweler, Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, Resorts World. There's a lot of people that come in every week and support us, and we support them. My exclusive interview with Reggie Jackson coming up here at the top of the hour.